Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants on podcast on the planet. Of course, I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 36. Going to be going over a little bit of Kayvon Thibodeau's controversy, something he said in a podcast that upsets some Giants fans, as well as some updates on the Giants' current defensive coordinator search and how they could potentially be in for a new offensive coordinator as well. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast, Giants Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, are y'all looking for that super offer for Super Bowl 58? Because if you are, DraftKings got you covered. Because new customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SIX Sports. As again, new customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code SIX Sports. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. If you're in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. If you're in Connecticut, help is available for gambling problems. Call 888-7897-77 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible responsible gambling resources but with that out of the way, going to get into, like I said, some Kayvon Thibodeau controversy yet again with something a little silly that he said. Uh was on a podcast with Carmelo Anthony. I believe it's called like 7 p.m. in Brooklyn or something like that, Um, where he basically said that he got pissed when he found out that the Giants had paid Daniel Jones before Saquon Barkley cited that uh, Saquon was responsible for his guess was 30 percent of the Giants explosive plays the season they made the playoffs and I believe the correct number was 28 so a good guess regardless <coughs> um Kayvon Thibodeau is right by the way regardless of if he said it when Daniel Jones got paid or if he's saying it now Kayvon Thibodeau is right like Saquon Barkley should have gotten paid um, I know I say that he shouldn't now, but that's after a season in which we saw him behind a not good team and not good offensive line. And we saw that it just wasn't a good combination. So obviously they shouldn't have paid either of them at this point is what it really seems like. Um, the only problem that I might have with this and that people have had is, is he should, should he have said it? Should Kayvon Thibodeau have said this? Normally, I'll say I am very pro player opinion. You know, I didn't really have a problem with what Evan Neal said or what Kayvon Thibodeau said earlier in the season about fans. Um, but it doesn't really feel right that he said it. I'm not saying he's wrong, but to really just throw your team's quarterback under the bus is like, why are you doing that? I'm sure like that kind of just makes me feel like the giants are definitely going to go more in 
on drafting a quarterback, which I'll get into today. But um, still, it's really weird. People have had issues with this, obviously. You know, it's Twitter, and we've seen how Giants fans can be. And I definitely understand their point of view. Like, I, I, you know, I understand if you're upset by this. But we've seen some, like, really, like, giant legend type players like OCU Menorah, where he called the entire Giants organization or front office a bunch of liars, came back and won a Super Bowl. Like we've seen Giants players diss the Giants or diss players and it, it hasn't really mattered. So I'm I'm really like this doesn't bother me or concern me all that much. Like it's whatever really is is the final label I'll give this like Okay, like I'm, I'm glad you think that, Kayvon. I'm glad you are in agreement with every single other Giants fan out there. Um, but now onto the coordinator uh, issue, like I mentioned before. Giants have had a handful of interviews with the defensive coordinators. I know for a fact that Denard Wilson has now had two. Seems like the favorite from within the building, which makes sense. I've talked about him a ton. He's a great defensive backs coach. I wanted him last year if Wink Martindale had decided to leave a year early. Uh, I believe was with Philly, then left for Baltimore, and has turned really both of those units into some of the best in the NFL when he was coaching them. Like last year, the Eagles had one of the best pass defenses. He leaves, it completely falls apart. Baltimore, I'm not sure where they were at last year, but they were one of the best in the NFL this year. Obviously, both units have great players. So if he were to come, it would be interesting to see how we'd coach up like Deontay Banks and Cordell Flott. But still, like, <coughs> has the potential to be a great defensive coordinator and someone I want the Giants to really give a chance. Because if you give this new guy a chance, it could pay off well. Could it pay off poorly? Sure. But I feel like with where the Giants are at right now, taking a chance wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Um there have been some other interviews. Like I, I think they talked to the giant or the chargers defensive coordinator, which like meh. the only guy I really want at this point is Denard Wilson. He's the only guy left on the table. The only other guy I was really looking at was Ryan Nielsen, who was with the saints last year. I think he might've been with the Falcons this year. I'm not too sure. He was another guy I really like Ryan Wilson, Ryan Nielsen though, ran a four, three, I believe. So obviously if he came around, the giants would have to change things up a bit. Not really sure what Denard Wilson would run. Probably actually no. Cause yeah, both uh, Eagles and Baltimore. I'm not sure. I can't remember the top of my head. What defense Baltimore runs primarily, but regardless, Denard Wilson is a hell of a coach and is very well respected around the league. So if the Giants can bring that in, that'd be great. There's going to be competition. A lot of other teams are talking to him about, you know, being their defensive coordinator. But if the Giants can give him an offer or something that he would like that would give him the edge, that would be great. Uh, but aside from defensive coordinator, there could be some issues brewing on the offensive side of the ball as a report by my favorite Jordan Renan came out and said that there is a better chance than a lot of people would like to admit that Mike Kafka will leave and take a defensive or an offense or no, not even a head coaching position over with the Seattle Seahawks. And boy, uh, with all due respect to the Seattle Seahawks, they are too historically smart and good of an organization to make that dumb of a decision. Mike Kafka has spent 
two full seasons now as an offensive coordinator. And in both of those seasons, the Giants were amongst the worst in the NFL in every offensive stat. Is that all of his fault? No. But I can't sit here and look at the play calling and be like, oh, yeah, it's also not his fault. Like, oh, it's just a bad unit that he's coaching. No, it goes both ways. And we ha- we've we heard reports both during the season and after of Brian Dable taking over the play calling from him. So he doesn't have trust from his own coach, whether that's a Brian Dable issue or not. The whole he, he's been in such a weird media roulette this offseason. I don't even know what to think anymore. Um. Regardless, if this happens, obviously the Giants would have to find a new offensive coordinator. I'm going to be brutally honest. If this happens, I would just want Brian Dable to take over play calling. I don't like he whenever he reportedly took over play calling, the offense worked. We've seen what he can do with what he can do as a play caller back in Buffalo. We've seen what he can do with it as a with the Giants. So I don't really know if I'd want to trust bringing someone new in. When you have someone like Brian Gable, who's a proven good play caller. So this has been a really weird offseason already. And we're not even we're not even to like the start of free agency, let alone the draft. Not every not every team even has a head coach picked out yet. That's how early on we are. And things are already really weird for the Giants. But no more coaching talk. Uh, on to the last thing, which is going to be the draft. This might be a little short, but like sweet episode. Now, obviously there's not a whole lot to talk about with the giants, uh, aside from everything I've really covered so far. Um, oh, other than, uh, I don't know if anyone else saw it, but Kadarius Tony going on Instagram live and saying that the chiefs were lying about his injuries when he had previously said like a year ago that the giants were lying about his injuries. And it's like, at some point, Mr. Kadarius Tony, when do you think that maybe you know, I don't know. You are the problem. Like, with all due respect to Kadarius Tony, the little respect he deserves at this point. And I'm not even like that's not even like the the salty, I guess you could say, Giants fan in me. Like Kayvon Thibodeau or Kayvon Thibodeau. Whoa. I'm just getting flashbacks because obviously both of them have been in the media for saying things they probably shouldn't. But Kadarius Tony is a fucking asshole. Like that guy is an asshole. And I still respect him as a human being, as you know, most people probably should, but won't. Um, like I'm not even just talking about like the, the stuff he does on like Instagram Live. I'm talking about like the way he's like attack Giants fans, like in DMs, like saying that, like like literally threatening them with physical violence. Like that's an asshole right there. Um, but at what point does he realize like he's probably the problem he didn't work with the giants and now you're not working with the chiefs team that's going to the super bowl and you know maybe they are lying about your injury maybe they just don't want to play you because you're not very good and when you're not very good and you're also being an asshole off the field you're not bringing much to any team that might be thinking about signing you like i'm going to be very honest right now at this rate I would not be surprised if Kadarius Tony is not on an NFL team next off next year, because think about it. Who wants to deal with that? Who wants to deal with the guy who's not only inconsistent on the field, but he provides nothing but negativity off the field. No one want no NFL team wants that. Maybe if you're a good player, you can, yeah, a team will deal with it, but not when you're as bad as Kadarius Tony has been, but <clears throat> I'm not going to waste my time anymore. 
more talking about that guy uh onto the nfl draft because that's just where we're at it's just a great time to be a giants fan um i've started to do like some small dives into this class i just got back up to college as you can see so like i haven't gone too deep into anything but the more i look at this class and the more it's shaping out to be i the less interested i become in taking a quarterback sixth overall for a couple of reasons um Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels are all probably going to be gone by then. If Jane Daniels is still there, that that's who I want. Like he is a very uh, high upside, low floor kind of player. Has some inconsistencies with his throwing mechanics. Has a tendency to take some pretty dumb hits, but you know I'm not going to complain when it comes to stuff like that. Obviously, you have the injury risk, but like that's a player who wants every yard. That's a player who wants to fight for his team. I'm not really going to knock a guy for that. Um, and then you have like the other guys, uh, from this draft class of Michael Penix, who is older, I believe going to be 24 by the time the season starts, has some serious injury history. Like now I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it and it's pretty concerning because he's torn. He's had two ACL tears and an AC joint separation in both of his shoulders. And let me tell you, as someone who has separated their AC joint, it's really painful. It's not fun. And I still have shoulder issues. Obviously, I don't have the medical staff that Michael Penix does, but it's like these are issues. Like these are in bad injuries. So that's not something I can really be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Especially with the Giants injury history in MetLife turf. Like I, I just I can't look at that. And that's not to mention issues on the field. Not very great in the pocket. At least with like presence, he's you know strong when he has a good pocket. Um, he's just he he needs to be better. He has a lot of traits he needs to work on, but he's older, just like Bo Nix, who's also going to be twenty four when the season starts. And my problem with Bo Nix, I know a lot of people shit on him because he's you know ha ha get a job, you're twenty four years old, whatever you're been in college for four or five years now, but. My problem with him is he ran an almost too simple system at Oregon. A lot of RPOs, a lot of screens, a lot of dump offs, you know, nothing too complicated. And whenever he was asked to do something complicated or make a play off his first read, it didn't always go well. And that's kind of why, like, I'm good on Bo Nix. Like, if the Giants took Michael Penix, it's like, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't be happy about it, especially six overall, but like, that's a, you know, he has traits. Bonix, I'm good. And then there's JJ McCarthy, who has gotten a lot of first round hype for some reason. I will say, I kind of understand it. He's super young. He does have some good NFL traits, but he has a long way to go. He's only going to be, he's going to be 20, 21 years old by the time the season starts. And is a guy in the articles I've written for GMNHQ where I said if the Giants have the chance to take him in the second round, whether it be their first, second round pick or their the one from Seattle, I'm I take him. I would I wouldn't mind that. I would not mind coming out of this uh draft class with a receiver tackle or tackle in the first round, JJ McCarthy in the second round, whatever with your other second round pick. It's just because if you take J.J. McCarthy and the plan, apparently maybe the plan is to build around Daniel Jones, you can use that. You can have J.J. McCarthy and have him, I don't want to say learn under Daniel Jones because that might not be a good thing, but learn under a coordinator, under the quarterback's coach. 
and get better until he's eventually ready to take over. Because again, he's a young, he's a very young quarterback. You know, it's not like taking Bo Nix or Michael Penix where they're 24 years old and by the time they're playing, they're going to be 25, 26. So then at that point, you have like four years of their like athletic prime and then they're gone. Well, not gone, but you, you know what I mean? Um, at this point, I'd say take one of Malik Neighbors, Joe Alt, or Fashanu out of Penn State, if they're still available, of course. If Neighbors ends up being as good as people think, I haven't looked too far into him yet. Uh, the Giants could ever finally have a real playmaker, a wide receiver. They obviously, I might sound really stupid. I'm like 98% sure he goes to LSU, and obviously the Giants have a good uh, good track record with LSU receivers, uh, Odell Beckham. Uh, but at the same time, I got I can't sit here and not think about this. If they add Alt or Fashanu and they move Evan Neal to guard and they sign uh who's the guy I was talking about? Dalton Risner, and you come out next year <coughs> and you have Evan or Andrew Thomas, Dalton Risner, John Michael Schmitz, Evan Neal, and Joe Alt or Fashanu, that is probably gonna be a pretty damn good offensive line. Evan Neal. I basically, I mean, maybe with uh, Carmen Brasillo, he'll be a lot better at right tackle. I hope so. I, I really just, I really genuinely do think Bobby Johnson has played a big role in why Evan Neal hasn't really developed in uh, the years that he's been here now, two years. But at the same time, a lot of it does fall back on him, regardless of your thoughts on Evan Neal or Bobby Johnson. Players need to have accountability. And I'm going to give Evan Neal account. You know, I'm going to hold him accountable because he hasn't developed, regardless of if, if if it's maybe Bobby Johnson's fault. And that's why I really do feel like moving him to guard could serve him best because a lot of his issues are his hand placement. It's too wide. He can't get out of his snap fast enough. He can't get out of his stance fast enough. If you move that to guard, that's not as reliant on speed. It's not our burst off the line. Your hands are already going to be. Like you don't have to worry about starting off wide because you're already going to be up inside. It, it's it would be a much better position for him given his strengths and weaknesses at this point. Um, it, it's just there are so many things that could happen in the rest of the offseason because, like I said before, we are so early into the offseason right now, and so much has happened to the point where, like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't know what to think about. Like what to think going into the 2024 season. Obviously, we have a very long time. NFL is an insanely long offseason compared to the NBA because at least with the NBA, when you have that long offseason, you have summer league, you have the preseason, you have players playing overseas, you have other leagues you can watch like the WNBA, football, you got the NFL. And I don't like all due respect to like the Canadian Football League, like no one in America is watching that. Like, I don't think many, I don't even know where you can watch the Canadian Football League. I think I've seen their championship game on ESPN once. So there's just like, there's no football, which sucks. So there's going to be a lot of thinking going on with Giants fans, which I feel like is going to lead to some interesting things being said. Uh, but regardless, going to wrap things up here. Thank you all so much for watching. Of course, please remember to like, comment, subscribe, hit that notification bell. So you're reminded of every time we drop a new episode. Thank you all again for watching, and I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook. 
Google Play and Apple Podcasts.